Monday the 22nd of February. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. Shane Lee, how are you? How was the trip to the heart of my dear old thing? Did you have one of those aids, Semillon? I did, mate. It was a lovely trip and um, I tell you what, uh, my golf game, it's not getting any better, but it was still good fun. I tell you what, I wouldn't need to diet if I played golf for a living, but uh, it's all <laughs> good fun. Yeah, we've got a huge show on the way. The Australian Open Finals, Jaslyn Hewitt will break all that down for us. Wins for Novak and Naomi Osaka and Mike Gadding, former English cricket captain, will be on the show as well. Let's get going. All right, stack a sport about, Shane. Let's start with the tennis Novak Djokovic. Well, he got the last laugh, didn't he? He got called a tool by Kyrgios and dramas in quarantine. They booed him last night, but, well, I don't think he cares. He doesn't care, and he's an exceptional tennis player, and... uh He's on 18 um, titles now, uh, nine at the Australian Open, but to uh, dismantle Medvedev 7-5-6-2-6-2 for a guy who has just come out of semi-final playing extremely good tennis was uh, was a it was a real show that uh, the gap between the top three and the rest of the field are, are quite is quite big, mate. Yeah, he, he was brilliant. And Naomi Osaka, look, I think that Jaslyn will give us a real breakdown of this, mm. but her final was Serena, but uh, she was again. Uh, methodical in winning the women's title. Yeah, she was, and um, and she played really well. She seemed very cool and calm under pressure. And um, I think uh, you know the semi final versus uh, Serena was the was the big one for her. But uh, she's a class act, and she's going to be around for a long time. Now, do you think common sense prevailed with the ARL Commission? I, I could see what they were doing with trying to get Mick Fuller, the police commissioner, onto the commission. But um, it did seem a difficult fit, didn't it? Like a, a working police commissioner on the the commission of rugby league yeah it was um it's a good idea from the nrl but uh from where the the, the police force sits itself uh they seem to be compromised there um how do you deal independently um each week when there's issues hopefully there won't be too many issues this year in the nrl but uh yeah i think common, common sense did prevail timmy and um you know as a paid job as a police commissioner your job is fair and squarely sits with the, with the law not with a, uh, a governing body over a sporting association. All right, finally, uh, look, this is quite exciting for Sydney Swans fans. Even the half idea that Dustin Martin may come to the Swans, it came on the back of just a throwaway line from his manager, Ralph Carr, who said, oh, Dusty wants to play for another nine years and he loves Sydney. So the, the dots got immediately joined saying, oh, he must be taking over from Buddy Franklin. Yeah, that's what we do at the Swans, don't we? We let them uh, win all their premierships in Melbourne and then we, we give them a 10-year deal there. <laughs> towards the end and um, pay him all the money saying that uh, I'm a Sydney Swans fan and I would love to have Dusty on the team as well as I love that buddy there but uh, I don't think that's going to happen I don't think the Swans have got the money to do it have they? I don't know I'll tell you what if they could find it they'd get him because uh, he is yeah. a once in a generation we saw him in that grand final for Richmond he was unbelievable yep. now uh, how was your golf up at the Hunter? I saw that you ate well <laughs> as well I saw that rack of lamb that you posted up on your Instagram page goodness gracious me it looked like it was prepared by Rick Stein Mate, it was uh, some good cooking. We we smoked it with a little bit of apple wood as well. So it's um, and we had a nice Bernays and we and we did some um, comfy carrots. That is a revelation, mate. It was uh, it was nice. As for the golf, um, typical my sort of round of golf. Some very very good shots and some very very ordinary ones in between. But uh, it was nice to get away with with a few old mates and and play a bit of golf, mate. Beautiful area, the Hunter Valley. Oh, it is gorgeous. And tell a few good stories. All right, we've got a stack to come. We're going to talk to Jaslyn Hewitt next about the Australian Open.
afternoon, sport, and look what a weekend of tennis it was. Let's start with Novak Djokovic. Jaslyn Hewitt, how are you? And uh, yeah, he was just dominant. He had all the headlines before it because of quarantine, but he got the last laugh, the joker. Yeah, he did, Tim. Um, it was a phenomenal final on his behalf. I mean, in the second set, uh, if you watched it, it was phenomenal. The way that he was able to dictate the points against Daniel Medvedev. Uh, the first set was really tight at 7-5, but then he just he just took it to a new level in the second set and won at 6-2, 6-2, and it was just so convincing. Yeah, do you think the joker was foxing towards the middle of the tournament? He's obviously, he had a slight strike. But to play the tennis he played after that, saying that if it was any other competition, he would have pulled out. But uh, he either got better really quick or it wasn't quite as bad as we thought. Yeah, knowing him over the last 10 to 15 years, I've always mm. been suspect to how injured he has been when he's yeah. called the trainer on. And, and yeah, possibly foxing, which uh, is a good Aussie term. Um, yep. I'm not sure that... Uh, yeah, his ab strain was as bad as it is. He said last night that he's going to have another MRI on it and just get it double-checked. But uh, I think it's some <laughs> phenomenal tennis that he was able to play and had it been a significant injury. I know what, what we had with mm. last year with Alex Diminar and he was forced to pull out of the event given what his uh, abdominal strain was at that time. So, it's yeah, it's some amazing tennis that, that he did play last night and uh, I think it just shows that the different level between you've got these new guys coming up mm. with Daniel Medvedev and Tsitsipas but they're still not at the same uh, calibre that uh, Djokovic, Nadal and Federer mm. are at. Yeah, well there's an old saying isn't it you can talk the talk if you walk the walk and the thing about Novak, he just does. Yep. Yes, I mean he's, he did have an entertaining and uh, gave us some definitely some key things to talk about in the lead up events however he did bring it when it, when it was needed. I think his, his coach, Goran Izovic, was trying to stand up for him last night, but uh, I'm not sure the crowd is. He hasn't won the Australian fans over this trip to Australia, that's for sure. Um, you'd have to say the Joker, that, that was his ninth Australian Open, and the form he's showing, he seems to be almost peaking at the top of his career now. Do you think he'll, he'll pass Nadal and Federer? Quite possibly. Mm. Yeah, quite possibly now because he's at 18 Grand Slams. Uh, Federer and, and Nadal are both at 20. He's only 34. He is actually in uh, great condition. If you look at uh, Federer will be turning 40 this year. The way Nadal mm. plays, his knees, his hips, um, he's definitely a lot more physical on the court, which is going to hurt him in the long run, even though he is a little bit younger than, than Federer. And coming in now... Uh, I think the start of this week, uh, Djokovic will be number one, the longest number one standing tennis player ever. So it wow. is important for him and it's, it's a great achievement. What about Naomi Osaka? She's just military-like, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, the semi-final was, I would say, was the grand final, her yeah. and Serena Williams. Some of that tennis there was absolutely astounding. To see the females going head-to-head, um, we've had the comments over what Serena's body shape like in the previous weeks but you can watch these athletes and and she was phenomenal um Naomi to beat uh Serena in that semi-final and then come up against Jennifer Brady Jennifer had a chance at four all in the first set and she Mm. did have a break point there um but just Naomi took it again like like uh Djokovic she took it to another level and then the second set she was just all over her her back ends down the line the way she her ability to dictate the point um Jennifer Brady loves to use her forehand, but Naomi just didn't give her a chance. 
Mm. Have, we, have we seen the last of Serena, unfortunately? No, definitely not. I think. Oh, good. <laughs> I think she'll come back in another year or two, uh, as long as everything goes to plan with her physically. Um, I, I still think she's still chasing that Grand Slam and trying to beat Margaret Court's record. Yeah. So until she until she gets that, uh, then we may see her retire. But she's still uh, after that elusive last Grand Slam. Ash Barty, it was uh, look, she'll never ever blow up. She's just that kind of character, isn't she? But um, she would have been hugely disappointed with losing to Makova when you think about it, and, and that side of the draw. Yeah, I mean, it, it did open up for her, but I think also the character of that match and her, she was in a, a clear lead in the first set and then to have Karolina Machova have a 10-minute injury time out for a heat-related illness or stress, um, mm. I'm, I'm not sure that you can do that. Uh, I'd mm. like to actually have that uh, checked against the rule book because anything to do with a cramp, heat-related illnesses, this is to do with your fitness. It's not actually due to due to an injury. So if you get mm. a blood nose and you continue to have that blood nose, unless you're playing with uh, gauze up your nose, you then have to retire. So if someone cannot take to the court after their three minutes uh, coming off, it, it is uh, very interesting how that actually all played out for Ash Barty and it, it did change the momentum of the match. Yes, yeah, sure did. Hey, so Jazz, what happens now? The um, we've, we've come to the end of the Australian Open. Where, where do all the players head now? Uh, luckily, the uh, all the women are having another opportunity at the Adelaide International. So mm-hmm. we've just had another event held in Melbourne, the Phillip Island, which we've had some really good uh, wins. Olivia Gadecki, a 19-year-old, that actually gave up the game for a couple of years there. Um, she was an outstanding junior. I was lucky enough to travel with her to Italy when she was about 16. Um, and she she beat Sophia Kennan, the world number four, mm. uh, last week in Phillip Island. We had uh, Gabriella de Silverfic, another upcoming uh, youngster. She's in her early twenties. She beat uh, Alexandra Sosnovich, a uh, top hundred player. So it's great to see that the WTA events are still continuing this week. Um, the winner of that event was uh, Daria Kazakina. However, you've got the Adelaide International, and Ash Barty was uh, has received a wild card into that. You've got Sam Stozer, who made the final of the mixed doubles at the Australian Open with Matt Ebden. Um, so she's playing the Adelaide International. So they've got some great matches coming up now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jazz, we got there. In the end, we got there. So, uh, look, uh, the Australian Open done and dusted all the dramas. Well done to Craig Tolley. And a big shout-out to Dylan Alcott, of course. He's just been extraordinary in uh, wheelchair tennis. And to win another Australian Open, that yeah, was baby. just superb. Yeah, just superb. So, uh, thanks, Jazzy. We uh, still have plenty to talk about, so we'll do that later in the week. Thanks, guys. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, former English cricket captain Mike Gadding. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com Afternoon Sport. Well, this is an absolute delight today to have former English cricket captain Mike Gadding join us. How are you, Mike? Very well indeed. Very good indeed and... Uh... Nice to uh, be talking to to my friends in Australia. Hey, Gat, um, mate, the India-England series, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure to watch, but both sides um, at times have struggled and both sides at times have performed really well. Yeah, it's been very interesting. Um, Just uh, I I thought the England lads uh, having come from Sri Lanka would be in pretty good shape. Um, 
we did lose one or two players. Um, and, you know, uh, the captain played a, a magnificent knock, uh, obviously, in, mm. in the first test match uh, in, in uh, Chennai. Um, it was a, a quite spectacular knock and, and everybody else chipped in and they did exactly what you would try and do in a test match. You'd win the toss, you'd bat, you'd bat long and, and put India under pressure. Uh, and that's exactly what they did. And, you know, it's funny, you know, uh, luck goes with you when uh, when things like that happen. You know, mm. someone like Pujara who, who whacked one at short leg and got caught at mid-wicket, you know, it was yeah. a bit... Uh, uh, there. But I suppose, um, having watched the India-Australia series, we expected something different in the second Test match. Um, They made a couple of changes. Mm. Um, The wicket was certainly different. The soil was different even. Um, And uh, it did remind me of a couple of tours I did down there where, you know, Mm. um, you'd play on one one pitch one time and and on another. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, um, in the second Test match, we didn't play as well as they did. Um, Ashwin came back and bowled much more consistently. Had done in the first in, in the first Test match, um, and you know um, you, you had uh, just just some fantastic batting. Um, they, they won the toss, and it did it did start to turn from ball one. Um, so you could say it was the same for both sides. They were both in the same play on the same pitch. But Sharma, I thought, played magnificently. Yeah. Um, he played straight. He he gave him a great base. He he, he went at a pretty good beat so I suppose you could say that uh, both the test matches went with the side that batted really well in the first innings and, and kept the pressure on the opposition um, I was hoping he would bat a little better but um, the way the ball was turning and, and they changed Axa they, they pulled a guy mm. called Axa Patel instead of mm. Nadim and he bowled it a bit quicker and my goodness he uh, he, he bowled really well um, um, and got five for uh, in, in the second innings and, and really made a huge difference um, and obviously Ravi was Ravi <laughs> yeah, and he got the and he got the hundred, and he had the last laugh, and he actually had a crack at a couple of Australian commentators that might have been a little bit critical because it got a little bit uh, fiery over the summer as it does. I, Madras slash or Madras back then, Chennai now, it holds a special place in your heart. I, I remember that double hundred. There's two of you got the double hundred in that Test match. Yeah, it was the first time I think it was ever done by by an English uh, pair of Test players in the same Test match. So it was a. Uh, it was quite extraordinary that uh, all the great players that had gone before and uh, uh, the lowly Fowler and Gatting managed to do something that hadn't been done before, which is always nice seeing about Test cricket, um, especially when you see someone like Carl Myers getting double hundred in his, uh, in his in his debut Test match for the West Indies to, to, to win a Test match chasing sort of 400. But uh, no, that, those sort of things were, uh, were, it was a fantastic Test match. It was a lovely Test match. And uh, dear old Joe, Joe Jonesy as well. I mean, I love listening to his story about his two hundred mm-hmm. in Madras, um, <laughs> which we're sadly not here anymore. Which is which is a great shame. We lost a great man there. Um, but uh, no, we 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 had a, 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 an amazing series over there, really, because when we arrived in India, um, we had we had two assassinations, um, wow. and uh, you know it was uh, it was just quite uh, quite hectic, and we had a. Bomb go off in a boatyard somewhere else. Yeah, it was it was it was fantastic. But but uh, Chennai, uh, great pitch, um, always a little bit of bounce there, and it it brings back some lovely memories of uh, of, of a tour that was uh, quite difficult to start with, but just got better and better. Cat, speaking of lovely memories, it's it's been almost twenty years since since I retired from cricket, mate. But uh, you're 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 celebrating the fortieth anniversary of the nineteen eighty one Ashes series this year. Some good memories there too. 
Yeah, and actually, uh, funnily enough, um, I don't know what's happening, um, but certainly Beefy is uh, is Mr. Botham is getting together some mm-hmm. some uh, uh, lunches, I believe, or dinners uh, around the around the circuit. Uh, mm-hmm. If we can ever get out to have a dinner or, or chat with anybody yeah. in, the, in the next six months, but uh, he certainly had that underway. Um, and again, another extraordinary. Uh, event uh, series, whatever you, whatever you, yeah, whatever you remember of it. Um, <laughs> and, and for me, I mean, you just can't forget Headingley. Um, mm. and I suppose one of the one of the fun one of the funny things that people probably wouldn't know about it was uh, was <laughs> when 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 sadly for Australia they lost. Um, it was we'd sent our uh, South African um, dressing room attendant into the Aussie changing room. Um, because they had all the champagne in the bath ready to go. Beefy, very, very mischievously, <laughs> sent this poor bloke in. And he happened to be in time in future. He was uh, the caddy for Ernie Else. But this poor bloke oh. came out horizontal um, with, with a size size 10 up his bum, I think. And he, he came out flat. And I think, uh, I think the answer was no, Beefy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, that test match was an extraordinary test match. Um, and it's, it's one... Um, you know that uh, of many actually. I mean, there's been some extraordinary test matches just recently, um, and extraordinary series uh, as, as ours was. Um, and uh, sadly, you guys have been on the back end of it this time. Um, and as I say, with India, and it was just quite an extraordinary thing that you know. Um, and that's what's lovely about test cricket. You know, I mean, that's uh, you know a lot of people have uh, tried to sort of diss it and say we should play four days and we should do this, should do that. But you know, test cricket is still the game that. Uh, that just can change and you never know quite what's going to happen. And yeah, I agree. sometimes you do, sometimes mm. you do, but you know, um, it always gives somebody a chance to do something quite special. Um, and it's just been fascinating watching the test cricket. Uh, and hasn't it been good that, you know, cricket's led the way in, in, yep. in, uh, in making sure that, that the series go on around the world. And it's been fantastic. That all the, all the players themselves have, have really stuck with it because I mean it must be like being in jail when you're in these bubbles. I can't mm. uh, can't think of anything else. You know, it's like home arrest and you, you just can't get out. Um, and I, as I say, it's uh, you know in time gone by, there wasn't a great deal to do sometimes in in some of the places you toured. So you stayed in the hotel and then go far. But you know when you're told you have to, um, it's a slightly different thing. But um, it, it, there's just been so many, I suppose. You know, good things that, uh, although in these dark times where sadly lots of people have died, I mean, you know, cricket seems to have um, managed to find a way, as they always do, to, uh, to to get through and start playing. And and the guys and and the uh, and all the all the all the um, all the countries have, have really made every effort to to do the right thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, just on that, and you're in the north of London there, and, I, and like all of us, uh, I'm sure that you are observing what's happening in Australia. We, we are you know, constantly looking at what's happening in the United Kingdom. And, and look, this week, I've seen numbers get down to around that 10,000. A lot of my friends' parents are starting to be inoculated. So there, there is a sense of optimism uh, in a pretty dark world right at the moment for, for the UK. Yeah, there is. Um and you know the, the the scenario is is apparently nearly everybody will have been offered a vaccination by by the end of July, um, which is quite amazing, really. Um, but having said that, we've had over fifteen million done up until sort of the middle, or just a, just about now, I suppose. So if you think uh, moving on to July, you've got sort of March, April, May, June, July. 
you could get close to the 60, 65 million you need to need to vaccinate. So, yeah, it, it's, it really uh, has been, as I say, a phenomenal uh, effort by all the, all the scientists and that to, to, to find a way again to, to help us um, see the light at the end of the tunnel because it's been pretty, uh, mm. pretty dire. And if you, if you, you know, and the sad thing is, I suppose, for everybody, you know, you can get a bit frustrated with the people, you know, why are we having another lockdown? Well, because you didn't do the right things last time. Yeah. You know, you didn't wash your hands. You didn't stay distant. You, you didn't have any face cover. It's quite, it's quite frustrating at times. And, and you just sort of wonder uh, all these people that keep saying, why are we in the lockdown again? Well, because people haven't been doing what they're told. But anyway, it's difficult. It's hard, and when you've got kids and you're sort of stuck inside, I appreciate all that. But it's it's been it's been seriously difficult. I'm sure in met for many many people. I can't think there will be too many people that actually like it. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's been a horrible horrible sort of year. But to say 2021 light at the end of the tunnel. Well, it definitely is light, light at the end of the tunnel, Gat, because we've got a very important national series towards the end of this year, Australia-England. Um, just a quick one, your thoughts on who, who, um, who's going to go into that series favourite at this stage, do you think? Look, I, I just think uh, both sides are, are capable of playing some fantastic cricket. Mm. I, I would say probably um, we're, we're both possibly struggling from the same little problem, which is, um, I suppose, who's opening up front. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we, you know, the first three batsmen, uh, we, we both are sort of really searching um, at this moment in time. Uh, Crawley's just coming back into the England team, um, and Sibley did okay in, in Sri Lanka and, and, and the first Test. He's, he's one that won't give it away. He'll 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 uh, hang around. Um, Burnsy, he's he's just sort of come back in. You know what happened with Bearstow? Um, you've got Pope, um, uh, you've got Lawrence. So there are there are what I'd say. I think Pope's going to be a very good player. Um, uh, I like Crawley. Um, as I say, there's, there's there's a lot of people fighting for places. So um, you know, Bearstow, if he puts his mind to it, I, I can't believe he won't get runs and. He seems to when he needs to. So that's our problems. I mean, your problems are, are just as uh, well mm. written about just recently. I think the bowling attacks are, are brilliant. Um, I mean, uh, I still think you've probably got the best off spinner in the world. Well, you know, there's a bit of a toss-up, I suppose, to be him and Ashwin. Mm. I mean, he, he's, he, he's, he's, he's done really, really well. Um, and he's a, he's a fantastic bowler. So it's a question of whether our guys get better. Um, mm-hmm. Whether we do, whether Moen Ali comes over, I don't know whether Moen's going to continue to play Test cricket. Um, uh, it, it is, is an answer. Adil Rashid probably won't. So you've got basically Don Bess and uh, and uh, Leachy to, to to sort of mm. fire through, um, and you know we'll, we'll see what else happens. Um, mm. There are a couple of spinners, young spinners from the outside. But I think the seam attacks well. I mean, that's fantastic. We we have, I think, Ollie Stone, we've just found another good ball. Yeah, he looks and, good. You know, yeah. he looks, he looks, um, he looks like he's, he's understood the disciplines that are needed in overseas cricket. He's, he's uh, really seemed to have uh, got that well, well, uh, well dialed in, which is nice. Um, 
but uh, seems like uh, one or two of your guys, Jai Richardson, I see, is has uh, uh, gone for a lot of money in the IPL. <laughs> well, I, th- I, th- I think Mike, I think he might just retire now. He's got two point four five million for six weeks' work in the IPL. But look, either way, I think that the Ashes series is going to be extraordinary, and hopefully, some sort of celebration for all of us coming out of what has been a really dark time uh, in the history of the planet, really, and nothing quite like an Ashes series. Let's hope that plenty of people can travel to the UK as well. Thanks for coming on the show, Mike. Really appreciate it, mate. Not a problem at all, mate. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Big thank you today to Mike Gadding and Jaslyn Hewitt, of course. Thank you also, Shano, to our sponsors. Yeah, to our wonderful sponsors, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And our producer does a great job, Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then. See you then.